Welcome to Global River Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. Well, continue to pray for the nations. Um, got a really great report this week from our leader in Nepal who oversees the 107 churches there. Um, that they're no longer in lockdown, praise God. Amen. And uh, they were, he was finally meeting with several of our leaders. Um, several years back, we, were, we went to this particular church. Some of you were on that mission trip with us. It was actually not the rainy season, but you can imagine during the rainy season, there are bridges that go over these locations. That, so we took a bus up the river, literally drove in the river. The tires were you know, two feet in the water, and we went up to the river church, <laughs> up into the mountains, and we had an amazing time there. I think that was the place where Pastor Terry prayed for everyone he prayed for got healed, and it was just amazing. Well, anyway, they were gathering in that region. He was going up to the river church to meet with about 25 leaders there that are in the Himalaya region, it's just amazing. And then he was having another meeting this week, so just praying, and uh, we sent some money this week, and Four of our, they're not orphans, they're our girls that grew up with us in the, in the house. At one point we had 41 there. Um, they've now grown up and several of them are graduating college. Four of them are graduating college, uh, two with their master's degrees in theology. And so I'm just, uh, just excited what God is doing and continue to pray for Mozambique, our leaders there. Um, lots of uh, struggles in the battle of Mozambique at our mission base there. Uh, Costa Rica, Colombia, Bogota, just uh, thank you, Lord, for, for what you're doing. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, to teach us this morning. Jesus said it was good that I go away, because if I go away, the Father will send you the Spirit of truth. He will lead you, and he will guide you in all truth. You may not be able to bear the truth now, but when he comes... He will show you and remind you everything that I've told you. So the spirit of truth, the teacher, Lord, we ask that you'd equip us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation that Paul asked for prayer on this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Subject I'm about to share on, I'm, um, it's true that for many years when I was growing up in the spirit, I'd been a Christian a long time, but I had not known, I don't think I had ever heard of a ministry of the Holy Spirit biblically about what I'm gonna share. So wherever I go in the nations, wherever I go to any of our churches, this is one of the first messages I preach because when Paul went to Ephesus, you see that it's in, uh, in uh, Acts chapter 19. The first question he asked them is, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, if you meet somebody, hey, how are you? How long have you been a Christian? No, no. Let's, let's get right. Have you received the Holy Spirit when you believe. Now, at one time, years ago, I would have said, of, of course I did, and you would say, yes, I did. So, if you look at your handout and your outline, I've titled the message this morning, You Will Receive Power After the Holy Spirit Comes Upon You. Acts chapter 1-8, we're gonna unpack this. I may take two weeks, I'm not gonna rush this one. I, I need you to get, in fact, I'd really love you to take it, take notes, so when you interact with other people about, well, why do you guys put so much emphasis on the power of the Holy Ghost? Well, because it's biblical, and you can't do this life without it. Amen. In fact, Jesus didn't even begin his ministry until 
So, I mean, hello. So anyway, this is just one of those real foundational scriptures that, um, look at the first paragraph. This is what Paul asked the believers. Now, these are believers in Acts 19, verses 1 through 7. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, their response was, no. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? That's a really important word in the Greek. This is not some head trip. This is an experience of God. Once you experience the power of God, you can't unexperience it. Once you experience a miracle, when you see a tumor fall off a person's body, disappear in front of them, a blind eye that's white goes brown, you can't unsee that. So this experience that he says, so what did you experience? They go on and they said, well, we experienced the baptism of John. So they had been water baptized as believers. John's baptism called for repentance from sin. As soon as they heard this, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. <gasps> tongues? Amen. <laughs> I'm messing with you. Remember, Paul said, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Go, go look at first. Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Look at those. I speak in tongues more than all of you all, he said, right? So when I've been in places where that just has turned a lot of people off. I just get in the scriptures, right? There is a, another baptism. Look at that next paragraph. The Holy Spirit falling on believers is not for regeneration or forgiveness of sin. It is for the power to become a witness. I've listed a couple of scriptures there. So let me ask some um, basic questions first. These are kind of Christianity 101, but let me, I'm gonna build on this, all right? Let me ask you this question. Is Jesus God? Amen. I mean, we sang, all right? <laughs> okay, he is God. Was Jesus God? Okay, well, I read that out of 1 John this morning. His word became flesh and dwelt among us. Right, he took on human form. Okay, was Jesus human? Yes. Okay, there are, there are false teachings that says he was not, but and I'll give you a couple of scriptures. 1 John 1, 9 says, he, in 1, 1, he says, in the beginning was the word, the word was God, and then verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Was he human? In Philippians 2, 6 and 7, it says this, Though Jesus was God, he took on human form and gave up his divine privileges. Amen. Right? Go look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6. He gave up divine privilege, took on the form of a servant. Some of your translation says a slave, and went to a criminal's death. So when we start looking, okay, so was, was he tempted in all ways? I just read that out of Hebrews, correct, right? That he was tempted like you in all ways. When you think about the ugliest temptations you've had, it's like, uh, Jesus said, yeah, I know about that. That's why he has such compassion, and yet he never sinned. He's our high priest. Hebrews 4.15, I read that. He's the high priest, tempted in all ways as we were. Did Jesus overcome the devil in temptation as God or as a man? Ah, Remember, he gave up divine privilege. He gave up his power, so he's fully God, fully man. But, you know, to beat the devil as God is like, that's no, what is that? 
But to beat the devil as a man empowered by the Holy Ghost modeled for us how to walk this out, right? So again, just building on some scripture here. So he, over, he beat the devil. Um, if he be overcame the devil in temptation as a man, who or what empowered him? The Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit came upon him. We're going to read that. And then it goes on. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, I used to think, you know, when people come, the devil made me do it. I didn't have any choice. Well, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand. But you have a choice. Free will. The devil has a choice. Had. He doesn't anymore. The angels have a choice. Jesus had a choice. Remember, I dealt with this a few weeks ago on free will. James 1.14 says, God does not tempt us. Temptation comes from our evil desires that entices us and drags us away. So that's the source, our own evil desire and nature. James 4.7 goes, therefore submit yourself to him, and you can resist the devil. Of course, we, we share this often, Galatians 5.16, walk in the spirit. In fact, on the back of your bulletin, is our vision and our statement of faith, you know, that goes on and says, we're a people that love God, love people, and walk in the Spirit. That's based on Galatians 5. So let's turn, I would like us to unpack this. Turn with me to Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 3. I'm going to build on this, and I really want to get to a place of impartation at the end uh, for those who would like to be part of that. And so... In Luke Gospel chapter 3, let's begin verse 15. So Luke 3.15, Dr. Luke writes this. He says, everyone, verse 15, everyone was expecting the Messiah to come and soon, and they were eager to know whether John might be the Messiah. John answered their question by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater than I am, he's not, I'm not even worthy to be his slave or to untie the straps of his sandals. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and with fire. I want you to notice this too. He's gonna baptize you Holy Spirit and fire, right? There's a difference, and you'll see they come together, but <laughs> Holy Spirit and with fire, because the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not an it. He's not some spiritual uh, it moving. No, he is part of the triune Godhead. He is God on earth today, and he dwells in you. Know you not that you are the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit? Going down to verse 21. One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. Now let me ask this question. Baptism, water baptism is for repentance so the old man dies from their sinful behavior to become something new. Why would the sinless son of God have to be baptized? And even John said, you know, I'm not, no, you need to turn around and do that to me, right? No, John, Jesus said, no, it needs to be, it needs to be so. And so it goes on and says, and when he was baptized, as he was praying, as he was praying, the heavens opened. The Greek word there is rend. In some of your translation, King James says, the heavens were rent. It's the same word that when Jesus was crucified, the moment he died, when the, the curtain that was three inches thick in the temple, that's that same word, torn. It's the same scripture word that is in Isaiah 64.1, that it says, it was rent and the heavens were opened and came down. 
He fulfilled that Isaiah 64.1 promise. On the day the crowds were being Jesus himself, the heavens were rent, verse 22, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form, some of your translation says, came in bodily shape like a dove, trying to describe, which is exactly what John the Baptist said, the one that I see the Holy Spirit descending on, that's out of John's gospel, is the one who is Messiah, it's not me. I baptize with water, he'll baptize you with fire and Holy Ghost, and the one that I see the one dissension on, that's the one. And so he goes on, he goes on and says, that dove, and then, the, can you imagine this, voice from heaven, Leif Hetland covered this on Wednesday nights, and we've been just loving this whole discussion on the baptism of love. A voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Can you, I've been dwelling on that one this, this week about John 17, Jesus says he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. I'm tell, I've, had, I've had a struggle with that. I, I, I'm like, really God? Yes. I th- scripture goes, I think about you like I've written your name, he, he's got your name on his hand. So every time, oh there's Tom. <laughs> Let me think. His thoughts about you as numerous as the sands of the sea. And I'm like, ah, maybe it's something about the unworthiness or, you, you know, I don't, he doesn't care anything about that. Identity and performance have nothing in the same. You are my son. Not whether you perform or, do, or my daughter. You, you are, you are, you are, you are. So it's not you will become when you get it all right. This is really important. So this I want you to see the impartation of power, the impartation of identity, the impartation of encouragement. Jesus gets all of that at this moment, and then he's led by the Spirit into the, into the wilderness. I want you to see verse 23. Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. Remember where Jesus fulfilled the law? Didn't break, the, he fulfilled it. Guess what? In Numbers 4, 3, the Levitical priesthood doesn't begin until you're 30. They don't put any juniors in this. You gotta have a little bit of life scar on you. You gotta have some life experience in you. And they even tell you now that brains aren't fully fashioned until 24, I'm told. That's why some teenagers said, where did their brains go? They don't have it all yet, right? So if you're under 24, hang on, you'll get it in a little bit. And so, so this is that place where he doesn't begin the ministry, he fulfills that. And then he goes, and you know he's led into the desert. But the rest of it, this is really important. Look at the rest of that chapter three. It's all the lineage, all the way back. That legacy of his identity. First the father says, you're my son. I'm really pleased with you. And he's like, man, I'm water baptized. The dove descends on him. Whoa. This is an intriguing verse. And I've looked at it in many translations. Look at Luke 4.1. King James says, and Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. New Living Translation says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, led by the Spirit. You mean to tell me that the Son of God was not full of the Holy Ghost? I I, I don't have an answer, but I'm just saying what the Scripture says, now Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost. So there's something about this transition that happened that is so powerful that Jesus does not face off on the devil 
until he's baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Ghost, has his identity in Christ, and then he's led. And if you think you can beat the devil without this, I'm not, I've tried. I tried before I got, I'm telling you. It's, anyway, it, 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 don't, it don't work. You heard it. Okay. Fulfill the law, fulfill the promise, loved by God. And then we know how he's tempted. He overcomes the desires of the flesh. If you're the son of God, change the stones to bread. Matt, can you? Fasting, 40 days. Probably, I don't know about you, when I fast, I dream about, I can't wait till I can have that, that, and that, and that, <laughs> that. The first thing the devil comes to him after 40 days, why don't you change those stones to bread? Bread, oh, bread. Yeah. Right, Pat? She's like, that's her hardest fast. That woman can eat more bread than Carter's got, you know, liver pills. I'm telling you why. She's like, wow. All right. So anyway, he overcomes the desire of the flesh. He overcomes the glamour of the world. He says, I'll, the devil says this, I'll give you all the glory of the kingdoms. Wait a minute. He's the son of God who created the kingdoms, and you're telling him now? Because our great-grandparents gave the keys away. Right? He's got to have a human get it back. And that's why Jesus came in human form as the God-man and got it back. Then the voice from heaven, right? And so I love that. It says he deals with the false identity. Now, how does he beat the devil? He beats the devil with the word and his free, and his free will choices. Both of them. In the garden, we knew this. He did not want. He, he, Father, if we can do this another way, three times, you know this. Three times he asked his father, asking the guys to pray with him, interceding, sweating blood. I don't even know the name of that, but you're so, so anxious that you exude blood from the pores of your skin. There's a medical term for that. Maybe Doc knows it. I don't. But anyway, it says that's how anxious he was. It says, Father, can we do this another way? Is there another way to let this cup pass from me? No. There is no other way. Well, nevertheless, then, not my will, but yours. He gives over his free will to the Father, and then, by the power of the Holy Ghost, he goes and dies this criminal death for you and for me. I want you to see quickly some verses here. Look at 4.14. Luke 4.14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee. This is after the experience in the wilderness with the devil. Beats him. Look at the verse before. It says, the devil leaves him until the next opportunity. He's an opportunist. When you're down at the lowest, when you're fighting the biggest fight, that's when the devil comes in. He doesn't get you, like, he doesn't attack when you're, like, filled up with the Holy, oh, man, Jesus, yeah. You know, he'll wait. He'll wait. And then it says he comes at the next opportunity. Verse 14, then Jesus returned to the Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Filled with the Holy Spirit, power. So he, he didn't have power before? No. Didn't, it didn't demonstrate it. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Look at verse 32. Jesus went to Capernaum in the town of, Gal, of Galilee, and he taught there in the synagogue every Sabbath day. There, too, the people were amazed at his teaching. He spoke with authority. Power? And authority. Look at the third one. Miracles. Look at verse 33 through 41. He goes on and says, Jesus now, 
commands this demon to be quiet, cast the demon out. They're, they're amazed. And it goes on through 30, 38 through 41. Miracles, healings, deliverances. The sick with fear. Look at verse, after leaving the synagogue, this is verse 38. That day he went to Simon's house where he found Simon's mother-in-law, very sick with high fever. Please heal her, everyone begged. Standing beside her bedside, he rebuked the fever, left her, and got up, and she prepared the meal for them. The sun went down in the evening. People throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter, their, no matter what, their diseases, where he touched his hand, everyone was healed. Those possessed by demons, demons were cast out, commanding, shouting, you are the son of God. The demons shouted, you're the son of God, as they leave. I, I love that. Praise God. So I want you to see, after his baptism of power, he gets power, he gets authority, and he gets miracles. We know from John the Baptist, stay around, Jesus is going to come, and he's going to baptize you in the Holy, Holy Spirit and with fire. Jesus said the same thing. Let's now turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Again, some of you know this, but let's, we're going to reiterate. I hope you get it so down in your spirit, you can recall these scriptures like boom, boom, boom. So that you can say, say no, because if it's not in the book, you can challenge it. But if it's in the book, you better base your life on it. You better stake your whole, your whole future on it. It's going to happen. So this is what Acts chapter 1 says. Remember, they crucified Jesus. He's 40 days in them, talking to the disciples, showing them that he's alive, Acts 1 through 4. Many ways, he shows them, talks to them about the kingdom, makes sure they get it. You recognize I'm alive. You got it. Even Thomas, who wasn't there in the first prayer meeting, Thomas, I'm alive. Come and touch me, my Lord and my God. They all got it. So they know he's alive. And what does he do now? One day, verse 4, when he's eating with them, you imagine sitting there eating with the resurrected Christ who's telling him all the secrets. And he says this. He says, once when they were eating with him, he commanded them. He didn't say, you know, I'd really like it if. No, I'm commanding you. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. I have told you before. John baptized you with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, they're believers, right? They believe in the resurrected Christ, right? He even blows on them. We're going to look at that in Luke's gospel. He says he blows on them, and they receive the Spirit. But at that point, they are not baptized with him falling on them. There's a difference from the Holy Spirit in you when you receive Christ. You're born again. You are born again. Your spirit man is alive. Well, how come I'm still tormented in my soul, my mind, my will? What? You need to get fallen on, right? You got to get fallen on. And I'll give you the scriptures. The exact words in the, in the Greek are amazing. He goes on and says, look at verse 8. He says, you will receive this power. When? When? The Holy Spirit comes upon you. King James says it, but ye shall receive power after, after the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Samaria? We're going over there where there's racism and half-breeds and, yeah. He picked that exactly for that reason. People that you don't want to go, go to those people of that other faith in that country? Mm. 
going to be my witnesses. So don't leave until the Father sends what I've told you this. I don't know how many times he told them, but they had dinner for 40 days and says, I've told you this before, don't you leave. I'm, I am telling you boys, you better not leave until the daddy's gift comes. That's what he gets. Okay, moving right along. Come and look at your handout now. The Holy Spirit is the Father's gift. Biblical proof. Number one, turn with me to Luke 11. Go back from Acts, turn to Luke 11. You who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children. Look at verse, let's begin in verse nine. It starts about prayer. Jesus is asked, would you teach us how to pray? And he shows them prayer, he tells them, and then he says, keep knocking, keep asking, keep being persistent. And then the Lord tacks on to this thing like, what does this have to do with that? So much. Verse nine, I tell you, keep asking. You'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking. When people say, well, I asked God about that back in Ot 6, and if he wants to do it, he'll do it. That's not scriptural. Keep knocking, keep asking. Be like the, the woman who annoys the unjust judge, right? Knock at night, in the middle of the night, three o'clock, I'm putting you in remembrance, God. Yeah. Don't let don't a, don't a child ever sleep. No, I'm keeping you. Keep on asking, keep on seeking. And you, keep on knocking. The door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. It's going to be important when we talk about the baptism. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Then it's like, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if you ask, they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you're sinful people, and you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? How much more? Will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Have you ever asked the Father for the Holy Spirit? Amen. 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 Keep on asking. I want more, Lord. I need more. And when you're in that place of like, right? Okay, number two. Suddenly, this suddenly, a mighty wind that looked like flames of tongues, and you know that from Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Right, they're in one place in one accord. There's something about being together as believers in agreement. That's why division is just, man, it's just awful. Something about one accord. And you know, they're praying for days without the Holy Spirit. It's hard enough sometimes to get people to come to a prayer meeting. And they're there for days. I'm like, no wonder there was maybe only 120 left. I don't know how many started out. At one point it says 500 eyewitness believers saw them at one time. But when it's one accord, they're down to this smaller crowd. Maybe they got tired of being, I don't know, presuming. But let's, let's move on. It says the Heavenly Father is going to release the tongues of fire. Look at number three. The baptism of power is not a one-time experience. This is important. I want us to look at some scriptures to validate that. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. In Acts 4, the boys get in trouble for healing the guy at Gate Beautiful. Remember, he's crippled, silver and gold, have I none? Guess that Peter and John, they get dragged before the council. They're told to stop doing all this, and 5,000 people come to Christ in one day, and like 5,000 men. Can you imagine? That's a, wow, you grow a church in a hurry that way. Goes on, it says, look at Acts, let's look at 4, 8. 4, 8, it says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, you mean he wasn't before? I thought he'd been baptized in Acts 2. He was. Said to them, rulers and elders of our people. See, when you have an assignment, 
God will release that power for that assignment in that moment. Yeah. We have seen it. You may be in a place, oh, Lord, I'm one. All of a sudden, you're on your assignment, and you know it. So he goes on and says, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, rulers and elders of the people, we're being questioned today for what we've done that is a good deed, a crippled man, he's now healed, and you're telling us to stop? I love that. And then look at verse 29. Verse 29 says, and now, Lord, hear their threats. Give us your, your servants great boldness, preaching the word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this, see, they stood up. They got their assignment. They testified. They refused to bow their name down, bow down. And they said, after this, that prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they preached the word with boldness. They're filled again. See that again. So it sees this baptism of power. Acts 13.9. Turn a couple of pages to the right. Go to 13.9. Saul, known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he looked on the sorcerer. This is the place where Saul, remember he's sitting blind for three days, meets Jesus on the road, why are you coming against me? He's sitting there for three days, and he comes, a guy lays, uh, Ananias lays hands on him, the scales fall off, he's baptized in the Holy Spirit, he be, he's born again, and then a short time after, he's spirit-filled again. Here we are, Saul known as, he's now filled with the Holy Spirit, he turns to the sorcerer, looks him in the eye, and rebukes him. We also see that when we look with 1352, same kind of example. On and on, it's over and over again. Ephesians 5.18, remember when the elders are saying goodbye to Paul, he's gonna go to Rome to be tried, and it says the elders are filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled before. I want you to see this is not a one-time deal. You can receive the baptism of power, and oftentimes, I, I want you to try this this week, maybe even today. I want you to get really, really quiet with a time with the Lord and just ask, Father, whoa, I'm feeling it right now. It's like, Lord, would you come and fill me? I want to feel your presence. I'm telling you, there's that place where you set aside your agenda and you just make room for him. This is something that once you've experienced the presence and those waves of his glory, it's powerful. It's something... I'm going to read you, if I have time, I'll read you some experiences of D.L. Moody and Charles Finney. The baptism of power is not. Okay, number four, water baptism is for, is for the is, uh, believers had not had the Holy Spirit fall on them. They had their hands laid on. Look at Acts chapter 8. Again, this is another fundamental scripture. When I used to argue, my daughter was, one of my daughters was in a school a Christian school that they didn't embrace this, and she had to write a paper on this, and I helped her write it. And uh, anyway, no, she didn't get an A. I said, well, just agree to disagree. When I was in Bible college at Luther Rice, another one, I was like, okay, I'm a spirit-filled vineyard pastor, and now, yeah, anyway, I got a C on that paper, I think. But Jesus gave me the A. Remember, Leif says, you get the A, and I got the A. I got the A, okay. 
All right. Philip's preaching in Samaria. Now, Philip is the guy who worked at House of Mercy Ministry, right, with the widows, and scattered out because of all the persecution, ends up in the half-breed location of Samaria, and he's preaching the gospel. And the believers were there, and they received power. He's casting out demons. This is verse 4. goes on, and the people that were paralyzed, there's great joy in the city, people being healed. And then they, they hear the message of the good news concerning the kingdom, verse 12, when the big guns and Jerusalem here that, wait, wait a minute, Samaria? Peter and John go there. Let's go check this out. When they arrived, they prayed for these new believers. You might want to underline believers. They prayed for the believers to receive the Holy Spirit. Again, very important message. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They are believers, water baptized, had not, your King James says, had not fallen on them had not fallen upon them, verse 16. For as yet he was not fallen on any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord. They laid their hands on them, and the Holy Ghost came. And the apostles were given great power. So we see Acts chapter 8 goes on. There's some other scriptures I've listed here, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to go there. I want you to see that this Holy Spirit was poured out. They praise God. Acts 10, 44, Cornelius preaching. They were preaching in the house of Cornelius. Acts 11, same thing. The fruit of the Holy Spirit became evident. Verse number six there. The changed life is really the experiential revelation to the world and your family that something's different. The number of times I've had... I was just telling at men's breakfast yesterday, man, it was awesome yesterday at men's breakfast. But uh, I was telling some of the guys at the table, I had a pastor from another, it's another state come down for inner healing ministry. I'd done a teaching with Bill Johnson and Randy Clark in Pennsylvania. He was in the crowd. He says, hey, that thing that you do, I'm coming down there to have that done. So he drove all the way from up in, up in the north, came down, and in that prayer ministry, he was radically transformed radically that impartation that happened even pat had to lock the doors because the whole building was anyway that's how powerful this thing was at that point and so he goes back to his home three months later i don't hear anything three months later i get a call from his wife and pat calls says mrs so-and-so's on the phone and i'm going through the rolodex i'm like and i was hoping it was a good report because his testimony was, whoa. She called me and she said, uh, you had this inner healing thing you did with my husband three months ago. Um, I'm coming down myself and all four of my children need prayer ministry. I want you to do what you did to him, to us, because he is not the same. He is totally not the same. And so that changed life over and over again. When the power of the Holy Ghost comes on you, that's how you get the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace. I was transparent a couple weeks ago, right? I lost my fruit a couple of times. I had to <laughs> repent. Yesterday, I didn't lose my fruit. I think I can say this. My wife did, and she repented before communion to me. And, of course, I said yes. And I think the mic was on. She goes, yep. So, what am I? I'm not bragging. Lord, I'm not bragging. I need the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, mercy, and self-control. If you don't have that operating all the time, then you're sitting in chair number two as a believer, and you need to get over back into chair number one, right? And so 
as a spirit-filled, overflowing, powerful man or woman of God with lots of self-control. Um, I, I have, well, I don't think you can lose it, lose it. You can't lose the Holy Ghost. He's in here, but your flesh, you can choose to choose to be not in fruitfulness. I'm going to just like, I'm going to have my part. I, I got my rights, and you, you can, you, yeah, that's called pride, and guess what? You'll get humbled pretty darn quick. Trust me, I've been there too many times. Okay, so, okay, moving right along. The Holy Spirit falls on them. The fruit becomes evident. Number seven, all believers receive the Holy Spirit at conversion, but even the disciples had to wait for the more. John 20, 20 it says Jesus breathed on them. They were already believers, he breathes on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Then he tells them, wait in Jerusalem for the Father's gift. I want you to see there's a difference. It says, well, let's not pass by this. Oh, that's nice. No, it's different. Acts 1.4, he says, wait for it. Number eight, eyewitness accounts of the Holy Spirit falling on apostles. We see that over and over again. I share with a bunch of them. But then D.L. Moody, Charles Finney, Jonathan Edwards, A.J. Gordon, R.A. Torrey, John Wesley, Billy Graham, on they go. Jesus did not begin his ministry and face off on the devil until he was filled. Now, the Father, number 10, the Father does not give a spirit of fear. He gives power, and he gives love, and he gives a sound mind. King James says, self-discipline. I I like that. He interchanges self-discipline, that same word Greek, self-discipline and sound mind. If you've got a sound mind... (laughs) If you have the mind of Christ, you're pretty sound, right? It's when, when you don't have the sound mind that you don't have Christ in your mind. And so self-discipline. You can discipline yourself by the power and the love and the, sound, the self-discipline that God gives us by the power of the Holy Ghost. So that I don't have to choose that. That may be before, and this is always, every day, right? Why did he say, take up your cross daily? Nail your passions and desires. Galatians 5, the last verse. Go ahead and nail your desires to the cross every day. If you think that you're going to be free of this, don't you buy that lie. Paul goes on in Galatians 5, he says, that this evil nature and this spirit of God that is in me, they fight constantly. There is a constant fight. Therefore, you got to have the Holy Spirit. Let's gang up on the devil. Me and the Holy Ghost can beat him, right? And you know what? I've realized that no human being filled with the Holy Spirit or the unction of the Spirit moving can stop the devil. Go look at the the demon-possessed guy at the Gadarenes. What did they, some say, 3,000, 6,000 demons. His demons had demons, right? That guy says he runs to the feet of Jesus, they couldn't stop him. You'd think 6,000 demons would, you know, I've been in places where demons are manifesting and they're going to kill us. They say, I'm going to kill you when I come out. And no, you're not. And so just that place where the demon cannot stop the will of a person, a human being desiring to get to Jesus cannot stop it. Go ahead, you read it, Mark chapter 5. Go ahead and read that account. It's like, whoa, God, that's, that's amazing. Baptism of power. Turn your page on the back. Position your heart to receive the Father's gift. I'm sure there's more that goes, but one is believe. If you don't believe, you cannot receive the... Remember, he that comes to God must believe that he is, Hebrews 11. 
right? And that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How diligent are we seeking him? Do we continue to turn on Netflix and binge, or do we spend time? Do, what do we do? Do we get all consumed with our negativity that we can't make room? This is that place, believe. He who comes to God must believe. Desire earnestly those gifts. He tells us, 1 Corinthians 14, earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Ask the Father. We covered that. One accord. Be in that place of one mind, one set of things, and then surrender it all. The song we said, you can have it all no matter what the cost. I always go like, Lord, yes. Yes, but... Is there an easier road, Lord? <laughs> you know. I want to share just a couple of quick things and then we'll pray. I want to invite uh, the Vinsects up. We're going to do a song on you today. I've been in many places in the earth, Nepal, Mozambique, Argentina. We've played this song and the Holy Spirit just tends to minister in the midst of this. And so I want to read D.L. Moody's account. D.L. Moody got saved when he was 18. If you don't know anything about just Go and Google online, D.L. Moody. What an amazing man. Moody Bible, Moody Bible Institute. We've been to his property where they, he sent missionaries. In fact, there's a graveyard at the site up there. I think the number's like this, 19 women who died on the mission field. He really encouraged the women that were in the missions, and it's a, it was an incredible site. We, set, we had the tent set up there at that location in Massachusetts. And so when D.L. Moody was 18, he got saved. He planted churches. He was going all over the world, food pantries, health, doing it all, and he was burning out. Has a large church, and this is his account. These two women, this reminded me of like a Miss Addie or an Evelyn, you know, coming up to, Pastor, we're going to pray for you. I said, okay. They came up to him, and they said every morning, they would come to him after service to D.L. Moody and said, we're praying for you, Pastor. We're praying for you, Pastor. He says, why are you praying for me? He goes, you need power. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine? Power. I'm sure, you, I don't know about you. But I'm, going, I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm doing this, I'm doing it. It's kind of, you know, right? And he says he's burning out. And so he said, Let's, I want to pray with you. And he started crying out for God, and they prayed for him over time. And this is his account. Quote, I was crying out all the time for God to fill me with the Spirit. One day, in the city of New York, what a day. I can't describe it the experience of God came he's walking down the streets of New York and he feels the power of God descend upon him he said it was so strong he went to a friend's house across the street and he says can I have a room to be there and he went there and while he was there the Lord revealed himself to me in such an experience of his love that I had to ask him to stay his hand because I thought I might die. The presence of the power was so, but I went on from that. I preached the same sermons, but hundreds became to Christ. Why? So there's something about this, this release of the presence. Charles Finney, go and look at his account. He got power. He's the one writing, this is wild. Can you imagine he's riding a train in upstate New York and as he's passing near, the people standing nearby are falling out under the Holy Ghost. Be careful what you ask for, but at the same time, it's like, Lord, there's power. And it wasn't until after Finney had the power of baptism. Jonathan Edwards, the Welsh Revival, 
Same thing. Go ahead and look up his account. As I rode into the woods, having alighted there for my horse to a retired place, and it was commonly there for a walk in divine contemplation and prayer. I had a view from that that was extraordinary of the glory of the Son of God. As I nearly can judge, it continued for about an hour, kept me there greater in time, floods of tears, weeping aloud, the ardency of my soul not otherwise able to express. Shortly after that, the Welsh revival breaks out, and these teenage young men cause a worldwide revival. Come on. Look at the biblical basis of this. And so I want to invite the ministry team to come to the front. We're going to do this a little differently. Again, this is only if you want it. This is a free will choice. I can't understand why someone would not want more of the triune portion of God to overcome the struggles, the sin that so easily besets us. And so my sense is that we're just going to pray and we're going to invite the presence of the Lord. And then if you would like more, I'm going to ask you to just stand where you are. If you're not seated, then the team will know that it's not the season for you right now. That's okay. You need to be born again, so if you're not saved, it would be really good. Or if you're, maybe you've kind of backslidden or you got some stuff that, you know, you have to deal with, it would be really great. Just have one of our prayer partners here pray with you to receive the Holy Ghost or to get back on track. And he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed. He's just saying, I'm inviting you to come into a deeper walk with me because I love you. I love you as much as I love my son. You're my dearly loved daughter and son, and I love you. So if you're feeling the presence and you'd like more and you want our team to go lay hands on you, when they see you stand, they'll come lay hands on you. So let's just pray quietly for a moment. God, we know that you our God of great love and power, that you are the, the loving Father. We come to you and we surrender. And Like Luke told us in Luke 11, that if we ask the Father, we can have the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we want to ask you now, Father, if that's you, just ask him. Ask your Father. He's not, he's not going to withhold a gift. He said even an evil father wouldn't give a, his child a snake. He's going to give you power, love, and self-discipline. He's going to give you power, love, and a sound mind. If you're struggling mentally, if you're struggling with a loss of power, you're, you're feeling unloved or not rejected, man, this is, the, this is the Holy Spirit's presence that comes. He will transform your life. He will make God so relevant. He's the teacher. He's the comforter. He's called alongside. He's the dunamis. John 14, 15, 16. God, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come. Come, Holy Spirit. I ask you to fill anyone listening by live stream. I realize you can't have hands laid on, but you can pull over. You can get on your knees. You can get before him and just ask like Charles Finney or D.L. Moody, they, the presence of God will enter the place where you're at. 
He will not deny you. Those who call to me, I will answer them, and I will show them great and mighty things they did not know. Jeremiah 33, 3. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. I ask you to invade the house, Lord. We're, we're asking you to change the hearts. Lord, we're asking you to show us such a great move of your love that your presence transforms us. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into this room. Touch your people. Let them know that you are here. Lord, I ask for a supernatural blessing of impartation. Lord, I ask you to release healing anointing that breaks the yokes of all the trauma of life, all the wrong things spoken, the abuses, the brokenness, the fears, the distrust. God, let the Holy Spirit come and transform now. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. If you're here and you want that, just stand. Stretch out your hands. Keep your eyes closed and just stretch out your hands like you're receiving a gift. Team, you go and lay hands on them. Release the anointing that breaks every yoke. God, we pray now for the fullness of your love. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. God, we got to have more of you, God. We ask for your presence to be released in your presence, Lord. We ask that you would transform our families, Lord, transform this city. So, God, we pray a commissioning now that these missionaries go out through the doors, that everywhere they go, restaurants, workplaces, they'll walk with a presence that is undeniable. That presence will leak out all over the city, all over their families, all over their workplace, all over the restaurant, in the name of Jesus, with a new boldness, with a new power, with a new revelation. Let the revelation that you'll be able to, even you'll look at a, a, a person serving at the table, you'll have a revelation, they'll, you'll pray for them, it'll break every yoke. For those at the workplace that are there that don't know Jesus, God, I pray for a revelation of glory. Lord, even this week we'll hear of the testimonies when the Lord was released to go and become power. You shall become my witnesses. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. God, I thank you. We are not ashamed of this gospel. It is the power of salvation, of repentance. So, God, I thank you. Lift every veil now and let us see the assignments you have for us. In Jesus' name, God bless you all. Have a great week. Come on, go on out there and bring the word.